dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez, and you are here for a post-season, pre-season free agency show. And to do it, I am here with Sauce, as always. Hey, guys. Very, very exciting time. Pez, uh, normally, uh, as a Saints fan, you're very excited about this period, but uh, I don't know if you'll be excited this time because you actually played finals football, which is a little bit unusual. I played finals <laughs> football, but still in the news. Uh, we're going uh, two years uh, in the running for MVP for the trade period, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, Perry and I are both actually uh, avid NBA fans. So uh, that, with the way that the off-season and trade period and draft and the the way that all works for us as a Minnesota Timberwolves fans, normally it's probably our most active and enjoyable part of the season of the NBA season, Piz. Yeah, I remember many years just uh, the, <laughs> the thing we look forward to most about the NBA season is watching the draft and uh, – Picking up players at pick 44 and stuff and getting excited <laughs> about their highlights package. Yep, because that's uh, about as good as it gets for a <laughs> sort of depleted sort of basketball team that we were. But we are here to talk football and we are to get get into the off-season um, that feels uh, a little bit weird that we're getting into the off-season so soon, a week after the, the sort of grand final celebrations. Because we did it and it was a, a month before the grand final, we were already into it. It was, it was going on everywhere. Yeah, it was uh, crazy sort of stuff. So... What we're going to do today is we are going to look at the free agency signings that have uh, been done over the little break and get into some of the rumours and some of the trades that have already gone down as of uh, as of today. Yeah, I'm so glad we didn't uh, start this a month ago or five weeks ago because we would have been talking about the same rumours over and over again like the AFL media has, but luckily the free agency is over. Trade period's just begun, so do one show, cover free agency, a little bit of trade rumours, do another show, cover the trade period and we're done and dusted. It is a little bit fun though, um, I don't know if you've had a listen to it, Pez, trade radio, geez that is good, listening to some of the rumours and just listening to people call up and the experts and list managers, amazing how many different rumours go spin around and the reasons people are leaving clubs, I find that it's really heightened this year because of the hub life. Yeah, it's, it is insane, I'm really, really glad you mentioned the, the callers because that's some of my favourite people to listen to where they go... Hey, well, why can't we just get this player and yeah. just just give up this? And they want to give up nothing. Like Bulldogs supporters want to trade Josh Bruce and, and get the world back. Oh, so they're like Essendon's list manager. <laughs> oh, Dodoro, what a what a hard man to work with. What a hard man to work with. Uh, it's someone uh, put it to the best way to put it is just you know it's sort of like asking for everything in return but giving up nothing. Like oh, here's a half eaten pizza pizza, and uh, I'd like you to pay full price for it. And I'd also like you to buy me another pizza there to sort of just snack on as we go. Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's absolutely ridiculous in what he asked for. And do you know, well, you, you probably don't really know, every footy fan would know or have heard of Dodoro, but every other club, you don't really know who their main guy is because they're what, not in the except news. Except for Geelong's one, Stephen Wells. Stephen Wells is always in the news and doing <laughs> interviews and things. But, yeah, but you don't really know about all other clubs because he just does stuff year after year, just a brick wall doesn't let anything pass and ask the world. Just for example, we know that Adam Saad is uh, trying to get across to Essendon and Carlton are, are doing that and they're going, all right, well, what, what do we want for him? Yeah, probably pick one. I think he's worth about pick one. Oh, well, yeah. We, and, get, and, and we want pick, pick one. As well. We want Harry McKay. We want Patrick <laughs> Cripps. Uh, we want Jacob Wiedering. And uh, give us give us Matty Cruiser to put in our assistant coach's box now that he's uh, retired. Yeah. And we're going to give you Saad, but uh, we're not going to allow him to train there or we're not going to allow him to live in your, your vicinity. He's uh, basically just going to play your games on the Saturday and that's it. Yeah, that's not uh, that's not far away from what he asked for, <laughs> yeah. for for the first time. And he just it comes back straight away where Carlton just say no and then he'll just take one piece away and just go, all right, I want this. Uh, it's ridiculous. It reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever played like a fantasy basketball, Pez, where you sort of have the, the fantasy leagues, you know, very similar to your super coach. And there's always that one guy in the in the league uh, that just wants to trade you everything. And they always like throw you a ridiculous trade and it'll be like, you know, I'll, I'll offer you uh, Gary Ablett, uh, Patrick Dangerfield and Joel Selwood. Um, uh, that's what I'm getting. And you, I'm going to give you Adam Saad. And you're like, well, hang on, that's not fair at all. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm just starting the conversation. <laughs> just trying to get some dialogue going. I'm like, well, okay, well, let's. I understand it. You, you could start a little bit more polite uh, because by now I'm like, get out of that. Boom, hang up the phone. And that's what's happening around the league is no one wants to actually 
deal with him at all. It's like uh, old school Monopoly when someone's got Mayfair and someone's got uh, the other bi- uh, the other blue one, the other expensive one, and they they try and trade with each other, and the the game doesn't go on for a couple of hours because they're still <laughs> discovering <laughs> what trades, and they're both uh, brick walls, both Dodoros. Yeah, I, I mean, I make fun of the, the way that Dodoro's been doing it, but I do love rumors about it. I do love the mix and, mix and max with the contracts and player trades and stuff like that. But Pez. One thing that I really don't like about the, the trade period and the free agency, and it's been something that you and I have discussed personally and I've heard a lot of radio shows talk about it now, is this compensation business, this free agency, unrestricted and restricted free agency. Still, we just had a discussion before trying to work out exactly how the unrestricted and restricted things uh, work out. It's very confusing. What's even more con- confusing is this compensation pick. And I just want to know what your thoughts are, Pez, because I've got my thoughts on it. And as a St Kilda fan who has definitely taken advantage of some of these things and you in the deal that got done today, you got out really nicely in the compensation pick, but there are a lot of people that believe a lot of clubs are getting screwed over and that the the trade compensation that's getting back isn't worth the, the player that they're losing. Yeah, it's because the AFL are looking at it in a different light. Um, as we have discussed, the, the fan, everyday fan, is looking at the player's name and how big they are and what they are worth. So we spoke about the Buddy Franklin example. He's not worth pick 18 or pick 19, what they got back, Hawthorne, but... They did win the premiership that year. They were they did finish first, so so what they got back was there. In the NBA, I think it's a little bit different because the roster size is about 15, whereas in the AFL, it's 45. We'll probably go down to around 40 or so uh, with the coronavirus stuff that's been going on. But I think clubs need to get compensated because they lose that player out. I don't love the compensation, how, how it happens, and it's not really clear to uh, a lot of the fans, but it's based on how many years they sign, what the what the price is, um, how they negotiate it, and then they go, all right, well, they're going to pay him that. So if they're going to pay him that, then he must be worth this. He's the end of first round. Your first round pick was 17, so you get pick 18. Yeah. But if you were actually down the bottom of the ladder and you, you finished 17th, you, your pick would have been two, and then you would have also got pick three. Yeah, so I don't mind the actual compensation system in terms of the AFL, in terms of determining fairness. Now, obviously... There's a range of different things that go into what makes it fair. And as you said, there's three things that actually uh, that the AFL take into consideration. It's the contract that's being offered, not the contract that they were previously on. So if I'm offering uh, Brad Crouch, example, you know, two years, 400000 that's a really low offer. So then that gets put into a category against other players in the league and the percentage of players within the league that are on that with that amount of uh, money and as well as with the amount of years left on it. And then it goes on to what the team who's receiving it, where they finished last year in the ladder. So as you said, you know the, that massive deal to Sydney, Hawthorne get the compensation. They, they got a first-round pick. The issue was that they just won the premiership, so they get pick 18, and yeah, and that's how it is. And then you look at someone like you know like a couple of years ago when Gary Ablett got back, and we end up – sorry, not Gary Ablett, sorry, the, the Tim Kelly one, where they went through that, and we end up getting heaps of different trades there. It's because of the amount of money that West Coast offered him and the, the lucrative deal that they had. Yeah, it's 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 a very strange system, and it's uh, like in the NBA. I think that's why there's teams that always win the win the title, the big name clubs, and those cities that are smaller cities that uh, people don't want to go to. They never get compensated, so they get the number one draft pick. They'll, you know, have them for two or three years, and then by the time they're in their prime, they're choosing to sign with Miami Heat or Los Angeles Lakers or. Uh, some of the really big clubs. So I think that's why the NBA is so lopsided in in terms of who wins premierships and things. And uh, AFL probably need to try and stay away from that. But introducing free agency uh, many years ago that they did probably didn't help in terms of in terms of that. I think it's a good a good model free agency. It definitely um, allows players to explore those other options. I understand the compensation, but I think the compensation is hard to determine, especially when. You know, if, for example, Adelaide this year, Adelaide get compensated all these picks and they end up, you know, first three or four picks, everyone else gets pushed back. And, you know, you for a team, you look at the GWS Giants who are looking to potentially lose a player uh, currently as we speak in Jeremy Cameron, um, it's hard for them to, to get compensation because every time, whatever his compensation is going to be determined, by the time the period's finished, they're, they're not getting a top 10 pick. It's been pushed back probably, you know, 17 or 18 or probably even further because they're dealing with Geelong and Geelong's got pick 14. So a pick 14 is now probably potentially pick 20. And that I don't like, but uh, I mean, I don't like the compensation at all. I think that if you've, your players spent a certain amount of time there, you know, like Cameron's been there for seven years. He is a restricted free agent. Um, you know, if he's unrestricted, he can basically walk. 
I think that if you haven't been able to sign him in whatever period you've had him there, then he should be fair game. But I understand why they're not doing it because we don't want a model where, you know, Collingwood, Hawthorne and Carlton are always getting all the best players because, or even Geelong in that matter, because players just come there because they know that they can go there. They know they've got a successful model. They know they're a good club. So they know they can compete for a premiership. Exactly right. So I understand why they do it, but to me it makes no sense. And, and I think that some players don't put a lot of work into keeping players because they know that you're going to walk anyway. I might as well just, you know, I might as well make sure that he's he's healthy. I won't play him. I won't do him the, the due diligence. We saw it a couple of years ago when um, Tom Lynch, where Gold Coast basically isolated Tom Lynch. Now they got compensated for that, but... And they were down the bottom of the ladder they at were that down, stage. Yeah, so they, they got compensated for it, but they basically isolated this bloke. And um, I just don't think it does the right thing because either way they were getting compensated. Whereas they should be, if he's walking away for free, they're doing more to try and keep him there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know how I feel about it. I think the biggest stakeholder in the NBA is the player and they've got the most power. And I think it's becoming that way in the AFL as well. Because uh, back in the early 2000s, you'd say the club probably had had more of a more of control over what was happening. And then 2009 came, 2010, they started going, you know what, I don't want to play for you. Uh, trade me to this club and this club only. So the club pretty much has no choice. They can go, all right, we're going to trade you to that team or you're just going to go in the draft and you're going to say, I don't want to play for any other club except this club and get picked up in the draft anyway. That's the thing I hate about it. Yeah, and I think that's what we're starting to see more. You saw it um, two years ago with um, uh, Gold Coast when he uh, Gary Ablett said that he wanted to come back to Geelong and Gold Coast said, well, nah, we're not doing it. Geelong said basically, you know, hey, you know, we'll try and do a deal. We're not getting it done. You saw it last year again with Tim Kelly. You're seeing it this year now with uh, Jeremy Cameron and teams are now just starting to match so they can get more compensation back but have no actual reality of signing these players. And I think that the power is slowly starting to get back to – the clubs. The only issue is the uh, that mid-year draft that they have, and that what do they call it? The the preseason draft that they have, where players can walk and potentially get picked up for free. But now I'm, I think you're starting to see that you know Jeremy Cameron, if he does uh, walk away and that they're unable to get a deal done, Geelong and GWS, then he potentially could go in that draft and say that he's only going to play for Adelaide uh, for Geelong. But Geelong don't pick till pick 17, so there are 17 other clubs that might take a risk on a one-year flyer and. If he wants to get paid the year after, he has to play. Yeah, well, it's it's very strange. It's, and I don't think, I don't think clubs do that because clubs put themselves too far behind. So if if that actually happened, I think he would get to Geelong, and that would be a really poor way to actually get to Geelong because you don't like to see it. You you don't see any compensation for GWS. Then they match the offer. They've done this. So I think GWS have done the right thing by actually oh, saying, coming out and saying. You know, we're not happy with the compensation. Jeremy Cameron's a common medalist. He's an All-Australian. We need to, you know, get what he's worth. So they've gone, bang, Geelong, I know you've got three first-round picks. (laughs) So I match it. How badly do you want him? So now we have to do a trade. Now now we're having dialogue between each other. But uh, I think you're right. I think that clubs aren't going to do that because it also paints a bad picture for the club. Like, we don't care about the player. We don't care about their feelings. We're just going to use him for a a one-year deal. So, for example, if Adelaide picked him up, Who's going to want to f- like openly sign at Adelaide when they know that all they care about is the the dollars on the on the scoreboard and and they're you know not caring about the player because he doesn't want to be there. We don't care. You're signing for a year. Well, that's the biggest thing in AFL at the moment, and you saw it in 2020 with COVID and the hubs. Is player welfare, player management, and keeping the players, the biggest stakeholder in the game, happy. So. If the fans are unhappy with a rule or something, it happens every year. The fans are unhappy. There's no effect on the on the clubs. Yep. But if the player's unhappy, there's a massive effect on the clubs. They could go out um, to go against your culture, give your club a bad name, do all these different things. Um, so you need to really keep them happy, keep them a part of it, keep them involved. And you kind of have to give them, give them what they want while they're at your club to try and, you know, Convince them to stay. Convince them to stay. And then also when you're um, saying goodbye, making sure you're not burning bridges with uh, the player community and you don't come out as the, uh, you know, the, the giant, the tycoon trying to rule the roost and we don't care about the players. And it's, it's a very hard balancing act. And some clubs are doing it really well. There are some clubs uh, that we'll talk a little bit later in some of the rumours that are going down and some of the dramas that are not handling these situations great and are probably putting themselves in a, you know, on the back burner when it comes to the, the, the way that they're being respected in the, in the AFL community. 
Yeah, and one of the big ones we will talk about is the Collingwood Football Club oh, and how they are treating Adam Trelaw. And that's probably one of the, bi- the big stories that we will get into. The other interesting thing about um, so player welfare, you've also got managers. So we've got player managers and what the player managers do is they're trying to get the best deal for the player. Yep. And so they get the most money because they, that's, they have a bit of an interest in that. But when player managers are really good and they do op- multiple different people, yep. they know how much this person's getting for this club. So they can actually talk to another club and go, well, my client here is getting this much. So this, this client here, he's worth this much. So, and they've got those bargaining chips. They've got that internal information that they can't give out to anyone else, but I, I'm sure they would be discussing it behind closed doors with Every club. Yeah, and that's one of the things actually that you, I'm glad that you brought up the, the pay scales and the way the amount of money that uh, players are making because we don't know the amount of contracts that are going down and what players are worth because all that is is, is kept quiet. I think that could actually uh, alleviate some of these problems uh, if all the players' uh, salaries were known. That way when they are dealing these compensation picks, it's a little bit more reality that you can start to realise that, hang on a tick, Geelong have signed this player for, for this amount of money and then it very, he very clearly goes into that top 15% of players of that age. That way it's actually measurable. At the moment, as you said, you know, we use Jeremy Cameron there as the, the example because that probably is the biggest one that's going down from day one of the free agency where, you know, GWS matched the, the, the offer sheet. Yes, he's a Coleman medalist, but if you look at his year last year, it wasn't a very good performer. GWS didn't do well. He didn't do amazing. So what do you measure it on? Do you measure it on his four-year stint or do you measure it on that one year? Now, Geelong could have said, hey, you, that's fine that you, you're playing this and this and this. Here's your contract, but these are your incentives. If you start playing better, you obviously get more. You get, you know, we know that the All-Australians and the Coleman medalist and what other things, they have Rising Star in there. They have all these incentives on there, amount of games played, amount of goals there. I'd be very shocked if Jeremy Cameron won the Rising Star next year. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be a good achievement for him. Well, if he's going to get in the rookie draft, he might. <laughs> <laughs> get him through the rookie draft. That is a nice little uh, first-year player. <laughs> Pre-season, might, might get it. But that might start to, to clean up some of this mess and clubs, you know, crying, like, you know, as we talked about with Essendon, Saad, well, you could actually measure what he's actually worth because you know what he's worth. You know you can compare against other players and you can compare against games played. You can start to have a bit of projection, some sort of formula that actually is measurable. But at the moment, it's just guesswork. No one knows what anyone's worth, and it is just guesswork. Yep, and everyone, everyone's got an idea, but, you know, the people in the media that do know, they're not allowed to just come out and say it. They say around the, the seven hundred to $950,000 mark. That's $250,000 difference. That's a, big, a, diff- that's that's a, a big difference. <laughs> that's a big, big lot of money for a year uh, in, in the AFL. So uh, we... We'll get to all those uh, rumours and, and things that are going on. But the first thing we do need to get into is all the deals from free agency. Now, we did speak about restricted and unrestricted free agents before. If they're restricted, the club that they're from have a chance to match that offer. If they do match the offer, uh, then the other club would need to offer them a trade to obviously get the services of that player. Uh, if it's unrestricted, they can just walk and then compensation pick from the AFL goes into the, the basket of that club. Yeah, most definitely, and uh, well, <laughs> glad wait, you summed it up, mate, because I struggle to sum up uh, <laughs> things at the best of times, but let's get into day one, and day one uh, was probably the most active, and it generally is because uh, everything in the media has already pretty much been signed uh, and delivered, they're just waiting for the official handshakes to go through, or the or the official COVID fist bumps, or whatever they're doing now, the, the Zoom calls, but let's get into uh, day one of the uh, free agency. Yeah, so Gold Coast, uh, I guess, made the first move, you could say, uh, and they signed Rory Atkins as an unrestricted free agent, um, and Adelaide receives an end-of-second-round compensation, which isn't that bad because Adelaide were sitting on the bottom of the ladder. So for a player of Rory Atkins' calibre to get a you know end-of-second-round, it's like a start-of-a-third-round type pick. Uh, decent compensation for a player like that? Very decent, um, considering Adelaide last year really didn't have anything much. Uh, he didn't play many games last year, only played the four games last year, had a little bit riddled with injury and obviously they were going through that rebuild. But uh, for the Gold Coast, it's a great pickup. They get that 26-year-old, sort of that mid-range uh, age group. They get some definite experience there. He's played played a fair amount of games, probably sitting coming up to his 100th game, probably just played it actually, 102 games or something like that. 
get some experience. He gets in that uh, you know that sort of midfield sort of area. He's going to help out some of those young guns. I, I really like the signing for for Gold Coast. Yeah, they've <laughs> they've signed him for a reason. They they know what they've gone after and they and they've got it. Being an unrestricted free agent helps and. Uh, uh, they get their man and hopefully he does improve their list and Matty Rao comes back from carrying that club and doesn't have to carry him as much next year. <laughs> It'll uh, definitely help his shoulder injuries, <laughs> yeah. which is ironic because that was his injury. So there you go. Uh, the second one off the rank is uh, Carlton offered restricted free agent Zach Williams a massive deal. It was uh, rumoured between nine hundred and nine hundred and fifty thousand per year. Yeah. Uh, and Giants just go, no, nah, we're not matching that. Uh, and they received a first round compensation, obviously, because the contract was so large. Yeah, massive. Uh, and it was only a four-year deal too, which, you know, we spoke before about 250000 being a big difference. But the years are really important too. When it's a four-year deal versus a five-year deal, that that is a massive chunk of change. And it, it's what players are looking for, whether they take the risk on themselves or whether they go, you know what, I need to lock down my year, especially when, you know, Williams has, has come back from an injury, had that Achilles injury a couple of years ago. Um, I think he on the eve of the uh, his first game back was when they played Sydney in that final and he came back after missing majority of the season with Achilles. He's been in pretty good form since then, but that's what he'd be looking to do was a long year deal to lock down to, to secure his future. Yeah. He secured his future. And I can't believe he's on that much money because majority of his career, he's played off the half back line. Yes. He's a, he's a ripper kick. He was uh, teaming up towards the end of the season there with Whitfield and they wanted the ball in Lockie Whitfield's hands or Zach Williams hands and uh, a great player to watch, but 900, 950K for a player like that. They've got to be playing him in the midfield. You have to play him in the midfield. And that's what GWS did this year when sort of, you know, the shit hit the fan is is when they were down in games and they needed to make adjustments, which Leon Cameron was very good at doing, making adjustments. They put him in the midfield and he injected some life into there. Has he got the engine to do a whole game in there? Uh, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Dylan Buckley and uh, who, you know, obviously played at the goal, uh, GWS and... In the time trials, the 2K time trials, he uh, definitely wasn't at the top of the pack or at the, the middle of the pack either. So he'll need to work on his tank, you know, able to run out a, ga- a game in the midfield, which is what he's going to be paid to do. It'll yeah, be interesting. Oh, he, he, it's a risky signing for me. He's got a big preseason coming he's up. He's got a but, massive preseason. But if, if he doesn't care, he can just, you know, take that money to the bank because the deal's obviously done and signed. Uh, the next one is uh, of high interest for you uh, with Geelong just losing the premiership. So they're just adding a couple more pieces to try and, you know, take that one step further in 2021. Geelong signed Isaac Smith as an unrestricted free agent. He's had big history with Geelong and uh, a lot of success at Hawthorne. Uh, a lot of games against Geelong that were that were very close. He's actually won Geelong a game. He does. By, yeah. uh, right, won us a, a semi-final, which yeah. is really good. By missing after the siren. Um, I, Isaac Miss. Yeah, Isaac Smith. I, I'll yeah. have to stop calling him that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be going for him now. But Hawthorne receive uh, third round compensation and uh, best for both parties in this one. I, I, it's, I don't know if it is the best thing for, for both players. Isaac Smith obviously wants to go and get a, another premiership medallion. He'll, he'll get his, what's that, his fifth? Was he part of that first one? No, uh, three. So that'll be, that'll be his third one that he's looking for by go, signing with Geelong. <sighs> I mean, is he a walk-up start? At age 31, he's got a lot of experience. He, he does play a different sort of winger, midfield sort of role, and he does it differently. He's a very unique sort of player. I don't love this signing. I think that, um, you know, we, we lost Gary Ablett because he was over 30 and, you know, retired and we've put in another 31-year-old. He knocked back a, a three-year offer from Melbourne and signed two years for Geelong. But for me, I just think it pushes too many young players who were getting some finals experience in there, you know, this year. And you go back two years ago when Jordan Clark, he was a regular startup before he broke his arm. I think it puts our future a, a little um, little at sort of at bay and realistically – do we get better? I mean, positionally, we get a little bit better in terms of, you know, adding Isaac Smith and we lose Gary Ablett in terms of the, not calibre of player, but the, you know, the age and, and performance from last year. Does it move the needle that far? For me, no, it doesn't. Oh, well, Geelong obviously think that it does and uh, being on top or at the top 14 years, uh, <laughs> they've got the right formula, I'm guessing. Yeah, most so, definitely. Uh, getting those players in, paying them... Uh, not too much and, and giving them, as we know, the, the pubs in the, the Bay areas, the, the parts <laughs> of the beach that, you know, no one else can go to. Uh, they, they get a lot of things. They always talk about the lifestyle. I want a lifestyle change to go down to Geelong. To Geelong. If you want to go down there, you can go and live there and, and travel. Nah, it's, or you it's can miles away. It's miles away from Melbourne. It, you go down there a lot. How long does it take? 
Uh, from where I live, it takes about 40. 40, <laughs> 40 minutes. 45. <laughs> On the way back after a loss, it definitely takes a lot longer. But yeah, it's, about, it's about 45 minutes. Take a couple of extra turns and things like that. But um, only a weird one for me. I really like Isaac Smith as a player. I think he's really damaging in a a top team rather than a team that's not competing for yeah. finals like Hawthorne. So I think they can make use of him with that damaging left foot. But uh, with Mitch Duncan and Sam Menangola on the wings, Chris Scott obviously has a plan to to not really play one of them on the wings and you know, push Duncan maybe more into the midfield and have Menangola on one wing, Isaac Smith on the other. I think it actually puts uh, it'll push uh, Blitzarza back back down into a standalone sort of defender role. He was sort of taking some stints through the midfield and through the that sort of winger sort of period. So you're right. It definitely will, will push some people in back into their natural positions. Um, it'll it'll probably push uh, Dangerfield probably even more full forward, knowing uh, knowing this move. He'll be in the cheer squad. He'll be in the cheer squad. <laughs> exactly right. He'll be he'll be marking the goals that uh, Isaac Smith is, uh, is is kicking for us. Well, we need a new goal umpire, or we need the AFL to actually recognise a, a proper goal umpire to be able to, you know, umpire preliminary finals and and grand finals. We do, mate. I, know, I can tell that you're stalling because the next one on our run sheet is North Melbourne. This uh, is the one I'm <laughs> most excited for because North. <laughs> have lodged an offer for a restricted free agent in Aiden Core. The Giants do not match and they received a second round compensation, which is good for the Giants, but North, they they signed someone again. Congratulations. Well uh, done. This is actually a good signing for, for North Melbourne. They get someone- Considering that, they, they don't have a full list. Well, They've got about <laughs> 10 players on their list. It's a good makes de- 11. <laughs> it's a good deal for them because they get they get a young bloke, you know, he's only 26 years old. He he can he's been pretty, you know, consistent for for GWS. He you know averages 15 or so games. The last three seasons he, he's played a total of about 50 games, you know. He was in their best side, or you would say Aiden Core. <sighs> Did they overpay for them? Probably. <laughs> Probably. We don't know what they've paid. It doesn't matter. They've they're, they're not going near their salary cap this year because <laughs> they're not even going to get near the, the list of players that are available. So Aiden Core, uh, congratulations. You go to North Melbourne to uh, kill your career and uh, <laughs> North are going to do what they've done to so many other players. Um, so poor Aiden Core from GWS. You're an asshole, man. Oh, <laughs> come on. The, the young bloke is taking that next step in his career. He's going to be you know, one of the experienced players in a very, very, very young inexperienced list. And, Key defenders, they're they're hard to hard to come Look, by, and he's pretty so, he's a pretty solid key defender. He'll he'll get in the uh, top six best players at North, but I think that that's part of the issue. <laughs> Next year, we need to make an agreement. <laughs> they're going through a rebuild. You can't pile on them. Okay, oh, this oh, is this is what this is what we've been calling for them for years to do, is to rebuild. Signing a twenty six year old when they are real rebuilding is a good move. Okay, they've gone for a little bit of experience. They haven't overpaid for a player. They've given him for, you know, three or four probably. It was probably a five-year deal, probably, let's be realistic, five-year deal knowing North. So they'll set him until he's 31. And as he goes out the door, those kids will be ready. They'll be ready for a five-year plan. Like Richmond, isn't it a five-year plan? That's the, the Five-year plan? All right, cool. So by 2025, we'll give him to. North need to have three premierships. Let's see if that happens. Let, let's go for three finals appearances. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll take that money over under. <laughs> All right, I'll go under. Uh, Brisbane, we'll move on from North because uh, we don't really like speaking about them too long. Uh, <laughs> Brisbane lodged an offer for Essendon's restricted free agent, Joe Danaher. The Bombers did not match, receive a first round compensation, which uh, wasn't too bad for them. I think it's around pick seven. Uh, they're just waiting to see if that's going to stay at pick seven. Uh, towards the end of the trade period and things like that. Not, not bad for someone who's played eight games. Oh, sorry, 15 games in three years. That, that to me, is where I have an issue with the compensation they get on this one. You're p- literally the compensation here. And Brisbane, I've definitely paid on potential because he has shown that he ha- can be a damaging forward. He is a really polarising player. He needs to get his goal kicking uh, inaccurate, you know, be, be a little bit more accurate. But he'll fit right in at Brisbane because we know that they are – they struggle in front of goal. I saw a nice little meme on on uh, Instagram that that uh, Geelong beat uh, Brisbane in the in the prelim final. Uh, Brisbane eight sixty two, <laughs> as in terms of the the points there with adding Joe Danaher to that oh, yeah. list. So, uh, but it's a, it's a great signing for Brisbane. They needed a key forward. They needed some more sc- scoring capabilities. We know that they are they are a fast team. They score frequently. Joe Danaher, if he can stay on the park. He's a big player for them. He's a big player in the AFL, and um, it's a shame to Essendon to lose a name like Danaher. So he must have been really been um, really been hurting there. Yeah, he wanted he wanted out the year before. Dodoro yeah. didn't get it done for him. He would have been. Oh, over, really? He didn't get it done. He <laughs> would have been over at Sydney, but um, that's a dangerous forward line for Brisbane. You, very you got very big potential. They just need to kick accurately um, with Danaher, Hipwood, uh, Charlie Cameron. 
Rainer. They've they've got a they've got a few uh, weapons down there. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. The next one, as we've sort of mentioned, was a big one. Uh, so Geelong on the first day lodged the the paperwork for GWS restricted free agent Jeremy Cameron, and the Giants took their time, took the weekend, had a couple of nice little went uh, probably pub visits, had a little bit of a relax on those those uh, sunny uh, GWS beaches. And then come back Monday morning, they decide to match and they were not happy with the compensation offered. They were really disappointed. And now reports are that they're not even picking up the phone. They are playing super hardball, very uh, similar to, reminds me of the Dallas Mavericks a couple of years ago with uh, DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Jordan, oh, yeah. where Chris Paul locked him in a, in a room and they're basically <laughs> saying, nope, you're not going anywhere. And that's what it feels like now. GWS is just going. He was already signed for nope, Dallas. Nope, we're not, we're, <laughs> we're not delivering. But crazy stuff uh, for me. GWS had to had to match the offer. Um, Someone had to stand up. The first club yep. in the history to actually match an offer. Yeah, and and they definitely needed to, but now but they've already sort of um, shown their cars because what they did do is a couple of days later they are, uh, which we might talk about now because it sort of uh, links into it is that they actually acquired Jesse Hogan in a trade from Fremantle receiving uh, an Eagles third round pick. So they've already replaced him. Um, so he's basically out the door. They've shown their cards. Really interesting move from GWS. Yeah, they've kind of said, you know what, we've got a replacement for you already, but we're matching your offer, so we just want to get better compensation for you. But Geelong are probably sitting there going, uh, you've already signed another forward, so um, we offer you this, take it or leave it, and we'll see who calls whose bluff. Yeah, it'd be interesting. It reminds me typically of uh, when you're a child and you go, th- you storm out of a room, you're really angry, and you slam that door, and then you like pop in. Oh, sorry, sorry, mum. Like you've gone, you've put the big statement down, but then you just want to uh, cover your ass a little bit on the way out there. Like, oh, sorry, guys, but it, it, it's a crazy move that, that they had to they had to stand up to you know these, these big clubs that are making those offers and and the AFL compensation they got it wrong. He's a he's definitely he's a Coleman medalist. He'd probably be in their their top paid players at GWS. I mean. With what Geelong was offering, a, a smaller amount to what GWS were offering, that's probably where they bit themselves in the ass. But realistically, they, they've got to make a stand, and they have they've sort of half done it the right way, and then they sort of just yeah. I'd I'd love to see the Giants just make an absolute stand, refuse every trade offer, and play Jeremy Cameron next year and try and have another stint at it. He'll walk. He'll walk though. He, he doesn't want to be there. He'll go into the the preseason draft. He's already said he doesn't have to stay. He's not signed, so well, they would have that GWS would have to sign him. Well, that's the thing I. Really dislike about this, this <laughs> and that's what's so stupid is that he's not contracted. So GWS have no leg to stand on then because they've no. said, "All right, we'll match your offer. We, uh, we're going to play you, but you can't if he chooses that's, not that's to." That's what's so stupid. He's, he can just say, uh, "No, I don't sign it," but then he can't go to anywhere he wants. Like he's had eight, he's had eight years at the club. <laughs> they can't sign him, and they've tried to sign him. They're giving him a, a more offer than anyone else, which they're entitled to. And, and what he's saying is that it's not money; it's lifestyle. Like you know, it needs, it needs to be close to his family. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll know what um, we'll know what happens. Geelong usually get the deals done. Yeah, they're, they're normally pretty. Uh, Stephen Wells does a great job down there. Um, I listened to him on Trade Radio today, and he continually said, "We know what GWS wants, and uh, within reason, we will be uh, making a deal that suits both teams." The so big word, within reason. Within reason. How good's that? All right, uh, move on from that big one. I'm sure we'll be speaking about it on next week's show. Uh, West Coast, they got Zach Langdon in a trade. GWS received the Eagles' third-round pick. Good pick-up for the Eagles. They get a, a forward in uh, Zach Langdon, 24 years old. Wanted to be home. He was drafted from Claremont, so he's going back to his home state. Uh, that one was a pretty uh, mundane sort of done-dusted. Stock standard, really easy yeah, to do. Very good with. to do. Uh, next one was Gold Coast. They got Oleg Markov in a trade from Richmond, and uh, they received the Suns' 2021 third-round pick. So not in this draft. Uh, next year's draft. Yeah, another really good signing from Gold Coast. They seem to be targeting those players around that 24, 26 range, as we said. I mean, he he was uh, sort of came into the season this year. He did spend a couple of years uh, in the, the uh, VFL and you know, spent bouncing around from here to here. Basically, he, he got a couple of games this year in a um, pretty decent premiership side and a premiership dynasty, basically. He played a, a decent amount of football. He's a good sort of strong midfielder. Again, they're bulking up uh, that uh, that midfield list, and he's been on Richmond's list for four years. Can't get a consistent gig, and he's learned from the best. This is this is where teams are going to have to have a look at it. Dan Butler, he was on the on the outs at Richmond. St Kilda picked him up for a bargain basement price and uh, became nearly an All Australian. 
Uh, Oleg Markov, I'm not saying he's going to become nearly an All-Australian, but these are the sort of players you have to look at if you're a market like Gold Coast, where you've got to try and get those players, you do say, around the right age, uh, on the fringe of premiership sides, so they can't break in. If they did break in and they have played, you know, five, six, seven, eight games during that season, they've got that, you know, premiership now. They've been around those premiership players. They know how they train, so uh, they can show your young team how to do it. So uh, not a bad pickup for the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah, and you know, you look at you look at him. He's had four years on their list, and any time there was an injury or whatever, he was straight into the side. Like he was only missing because there was one extra, well, two extra players better than him. That's pretty. That's pretty decent. You know, he spent four years on the list. He, as you said, that premiership pedigree there. He's been seeing how they trained. He was pretty decent when he was was playing. Like we talked about him in the mix for for that premiership side. He was named an emergency. There's, it's a really good pickup. There's going to be more players from Richmond uh, heading across to other clubs. You'd imagine Josh Caddy missed out on playing in the 22 for the Premiership. He's been decent for a number of years, but he's already a three-club player. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with him later on. GWS acquired, acquired Jesse Hogan, as we said earlier, um, and they received Eagles' third-round pick, which uh, was traded earlier. That, that uh, it was in the Langdon one. To, to yep. That's how they, they acquired that. But th- this is the one that a lot of people are talking about. And I don't see it being a, um, a massive sort of sort of deal is that the Dockers acquired Hogan from Melbourne um, and they gave up a, a decent sort of amount. They gave up Hogan and pick 65 to Melbourne in exchange for pick six and pick 23. Uh, pick six end up turning into your man, Ben King. So the Gold Coast Suns picked him up for, for pick six. And there's been a lot of talk about how that sort of played out because obviously, you know, Fremantle took a flyer on him, um, you know, hopefully getting back to his home state and, you know, be able to perform and put some of those um, mental health and that injury stuff that, and not only that, the diagnosis of cancer and some of those social things underway, but not to be. And uh, two years later, he's been turned around for pretty much nothing. Yeah, it's uh, disappointing. They did put all their eggs in there and uh, he's still getting a gig after all the... um all the stuff he's gone through. He went home because he, he wasn't right with his mental health and uh, it didn't really help him with his footy. He did play a couple of games, you know, kicked a few goals uh, in 2020, but uh, didn't give them what they gave up in the end and they part ways very happily from each other and GWS uh, are going to take another punt on him because this Jesse Hogan, we remember him at Melbourne. He he has the potential to be really talented. He's just got to put his mind to it. Uh, I mean, you listen to like it, I was listening to a podcast now, and they said, you know, like, oh, will would would Jesse Hogan actually start in uh, GWS's best side? And I'm thinking, well, if he, he's healthy and fit, why wouldn't he? If you look at his career, 2014, obviously didn't play any games. He had that that injury. 15, 20 games, 44 goals from a first year player. 2016, 21 goals. Uh, sorry, 21 games, 41 goals. 2017, 10 games, 20 goals, so definitely on track until he got, you know, sick and injured. 2018, 20 games, another 40-plus goal season with 47. If you can get him fit and healthy, he's a polarising player and hopefully good luck to, to the, the bloke and hopefully he gets it all together and hopefully he can find some form and uh, why wouldn't you take a risk on him? Oh, you... Well, GWS have done he, he it. You got him for nothing, so like... They've gone in there. They haven't had to give up uh, much at all, so... Uh, the potential plays a big part in some player's career, and this is why he's going to be a three-club player. Uh, hopefully, it pays off. You never want to see a player continue to change clubs and then just end their career and, and go down a path that you know isn't pretty for, for anyone involved. So hopefully, he gets it right. Even if he doesn't get it right in his footy, hopefully, he gets it right in his life, and he's got that lifestyle that Geelong offer in GWS, and uh, he can go from there. If we don't get Cameron, we might do a trade for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll do a second trade. Sign and trade is what they call it in the NBA, but... Uh, You'd be happy about this next signing, Pez. Well, actually, I don't know if you're happy. We haven't actually spoken about this, but the next one on off the bat is Adelaide Crows chose not to match the offer for restricted free agent Brad Crouch. Obviously, Crouch, uh, Crouch uh, has been part of their continual mass exodus at um, Adelaide, joined St Kilda, and they receive a second-round compensation pick. I think they're going to get pick 23. Yeah, as it stands at the moment, uh I'm very happy with this because I, I thought that what would have happened is St Kilda would have done a deal under the table with Adelaide and overpaid Brad Crouch so they could get a first round uh, compensation, which would mean pick two because they've obviously got pick one. Uh, but I was surprised to hear that um, St Kilda stood stood strong. They said, you know what, we are not going to, uh, we're not going to do any deals with you. We're not going to trade for him. We only want Brad Crouch if he's a free agent and. Uh, they called Adelaide's bluff and Adelaide didn't match the offer in the end. 
Yeah, it's a good signing. It's a good signing for for St Kilda. They get another player, um, pretty cheap, I would say. I mean, they're lucky. This is going to sound horrible, but they're lucky that there were some misdemeanors at the end of uh, Adelaide season, and the Adelaide are in that middle of the rebuild. And that he chose St Kilda as the club that he wanted to go to. Obviously, seeing the the success building uh, last year and the way that they recruited. Can find a role. Now, you and I have been very touch and go with Crouch because he is an accumulator of the pill. Isn't a damaging player, though. And that's the way, the role that he has previously nah, played. Nah, that's, uh, that's his brother. That's Matt Crouch. Don't you <laughs> worry. Brad Crouch, you get all over him. He's, he's ready to go next set. Well, he's not ready to go because he's suspended for two rounds. Uh, but round three, he's, he's ready to go and uh, we'll uh, slot him into that midfield nicely. You get a 26-year-old who averages a 1,000 touches a game. Uh, zero impact, as we did mention. So it'll be interesting to see in the list and his role in St Kilda, whether he does become uh, a player. And sometimes you need an accumulator just in there to get the pill and it might free up some of your you know, outside in, or your inside players to be able to you know, get it to the outside players and start that movement, which you were polarising when he did have that movement going. But interesting to see what uh, after at round three how he starts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> starting at round three, but... Um, yeah, I, I don't know how many teams would have been interested in him. I think there would have been more than just the one uh, if he didn't have that illicit drugs little scandal. But, uh, but he's not, a, he's not a good fit for a lot of teams either. Like you've got to have a good established midfield. Like you, you, Gold Coast wouldn't have been a good pick for him because they don't have an established midfield yet. Oh yeah, yeah. when Matt Rowell comes back, yeah, well, just got Matt Rowell. Yeah, but like he's you established. Have, <laughs> you're a, a flog. All right, but, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's one of those things where he. He's like a Tom Mitchell that it needs to be a good fit for him to work. He's not like someone that don't can just tell me he's like Tom side. Mitchell. Yeah, he just gets don't a lot of the pill. Just gets like a lot of the pill. He'd be a Brownlow medalist, mate. He'd be a Brownlow medalist, and we <laughs> won't go anywhere. But um, <laughs> Hawthorne, uh, Hawthorne. Speaking about Hawthorne, they got Kyle Hardigan, another Adelaide player, another Exodus since that 2017 Grand Final, uh, and Adelaide receives the Hawks' uh, 2021 fourth round pick, which uh, won't mean too much to anyone. But Hardigan uh, gets to go to. Hawthorne. Yeah, so he comes back to Melbourne. He's actually a Melbourne boy. He lives locally to, to where, where, where I grew up. He's a key defender, 28 years old. Um, I mean, he's a consistent player. <laughs> he plays basically every game of the year, but he, he's not a, 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 you know, he's not going to change the, the future of Hawthorne, but it is good that they are. It's an interesting pickup, actually, because they got him for a couple of years less uh, and they let some other players walk that they probably could have sort of moved into that role. In- interesting with this. I was watching the Jetaverse uh, versus Adelaide Game, I think it was round 15, round 16, towards the end of the year where Adelaide actually beat them. I was watching it with uh, my brother and my brother goes, oh, who's this guy? I go, you don't know who that is? It's Kyle Hardigan. And he goes, doesn't he play for Essendon? Like, <laughs> surely he's only been in Adelaide's list for two years. And I said, no, nah, he's, hey, he's, he's played like, he's played over 10 years at least. I was like, he's... He's a, he's yeah. a ten-year player. Is he really? A uh, seven-year player. Oh, seven. That's, that's pretty much 10. We'll round it up. Um, and... He was really shocked to hear that this Kyle Hardigan guy has got consistent games at Adelaide when they've been up and about as well during his period. He played, he played in the premiership. But well, obviously, well, they didn't win. He played in yeah, a grand final. Grand final. So, um, yeah, very interesting stat. And I think no um, no supporters that you know don't go for Adelaide or aren't avid watchers of AFL like we are would uh, really know who he is. Look, he's a, he's a consistent performer. He, he's not a... As I said, he's not a game changer. He's not someone like a Harris Andrews in terms of a key defender. He's your old faithful. We'll be there. He'll give up a couple of goals a game, but he'll also, you know, stop a couple of goals. He's just, uh, yeah, he's an all right signing. He's no, good. you get around him. Uh, oh, the big, the big ones. They're, they're all the they're all the done deals. Source. We've we've spoken a little bit about the Jeremy Cameron, which is still up in the air, and seeing what Geelong are going to trade for him. A couple of other rumours that are that are really really big. We mentioned it earlier in the show. The biggest one is Adam Trelaw and the way Collingwood have been handling this. Yeah, this one's a crazy story. So the, probably it was grand final week. It was actually as we spoke about that it sort of came out before the grand final had even been played. There were rumours uh, that Adam Trelaw wanted to move to Brisbane. That was the original to, to Queensland because his wife obviously signed, uh, I think, for the... Queensland Firebirds? Yep, Queensland Firebirds. I'm glad you're on board with the netball, mate. But, uh, and he, his wife and his um, his daughter were going up there and there was rumours that he wanted to go up there and join his family, which you know makes common sense. Then two days later, on a footy show, he just comes out and says... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm happy to stay in Victoria. I'm, I I'm signed be in, to like 2025. Yeah, I want to be in Collingwood. We're, we're happy to do the whole all uh, long distance thing. 
And then everyone sort of was like, well, hang on a tick. <laughs> what's what's, what's going, going on here? And since then, it has just spiralled as a back and forth, as Collingwood are saying, oh, well, you know, we just were worried about his 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 health and stuff. We don't want to be, you know, him be separated from his family a little bit, unsure how he'd perform. And he's like, well, you guys don't worry about that. That's, that's, yeah. that's what I'm there. They're, they're just not happy with his contract and what they've given him and, and what they've re-signed him. And that's what everyone was alluding to. Then Crazy came out uh, Monday night. Nathan Buckley was quoted as saying that he sat down with Adam Trelaw and actually said, look, the reason that you're on the way out is that a lot of the senior blokes uh, don't like you. <laughs> just, just, wow. Voted in the way for you to go out. But he was actually shopped the year before. He was. Because that's coming out. And that wasn't a, a really big deal like nah. it is this year. Because, yeah, everyone gets shopped. Oh, he's, he's going over to Gold Coast or whatever. But for him to have four or five years left on a contract – Close to about $900,000 a year. Uh, the, the talk is about Collingwood's contract and their signings. Mason Cox apparently is going to be on about 600000 if they don't get rid of him. You've got Brody Grundy on close to a million a year for the next seven. Like They've got some big contracts there to look after. And the thing is that you can tell is I think there's a little bit more to this because Brisbane have basically, as soon as that happened, Brisbane said, well, we're not interested. And Gold Coast basically could have picked him up for free. Yeah. The, the, the Collingwood don't want him, uh, and they're like, we're not interested either. The, like, the craziest thing is Collingwood just have said, you know, we'll pay some of his salary. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like, that? that's alarm bells. And I think, to me, I think it actually speaks more volumes about Collingwood's list management than about this poor bloke. He obviously wants to be there, and if, if it was true about all these blokes not liking him, surely he'd pick up on that vibe. I mean, he's spending all this time and in the And not re-sign him for however yeah. long you re-sign him for. Um, and they, they, over, they overpaid at the start to get him, as, as we spoke about, because he was tossing up between Collingwood and uh, Richmond. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't like, that come back to bite him when he said, I'm going for premiership success? Going for premiership success. <laughs> but, like, it's interesting to, to see this. Uh, and to me, I don't know where this is going to go, and I don't um, – there's no real front runners for this Adam Trelaw thing because every I, teams that are connected to them – like we'll take him if nothing else happens, but they're all very keen observers. I think looking over the shoulder, no one wants to put up their hand and say, "Yeah, no. yeah, we'll come," because they want Collingwood just to dig themselves a deeper, deeper hole and just pay a really big chunk of that contract. So if they're going to pay like four hundred thousand dollars a year for his contract, and a team only has to pay him five hundred thousand dollars for a midfielder of that quality. Oh, yeah. Bring him over to St Kilda. We'll bolster our midfield up. Even, you can have two even players that accumulate the ball and don't do anything <laughs> with it. You get seventy possessions between the two of them and lose by ten goals. Trelaw just kicks it long. Like that's what he, that's what he does. But um, uh, yeah, at least I'll like my thirty disposal. Uh, thirty disposal <laughs> bets. Where, I mean, where, where, where's the best fit for Trelaw at the moment? I don't know the Hawthorne, Saints. Western Bulldogs, St Kilda have been connected to them. No one is, again, really putting much interest in there because they want the stock to be so low that they're basically going to pay, we'll pay your whole salary. Hawthorne, no. Like, they've already got a Tom Mitchell type. Uh, Western Bulldogs, uh, they probably need to worry about uh, their forward line and their back line before they try and bolster up their midfield. They've always also got that uh, thing going on with Josh Dunkley, which we'll, we'll speak about as well. Uh, but I think Trelaw would be best suited to St Kilda because they do need that uh, ball winner in there. We don't have Matt Crouch. We've got Brad Crouch who uh, just gets the ball and uh, looks after it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to keep telling myself he's com- that. He's completely different to his brother and he's definitely not an accumulator. The fact that every second week you picked the wrong one and you're betting, <laughs> mate, definitely doesn't mean he accumulates it. The fact that you couldn't tell the two players apart is, is uh, really telling. You know what's good about 2021? I'll be able to tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be on different teams. Yeah. Yeah, true. They'll be doing the same thing though. But uh, it's really it'll be really interesting in the next couple of days will be very telling. I think do you know, I think Essendon should go after him. I think he's a good fit for Essendon. I think Essendon, they're losing Sard, they they are signed, you know, probably gonna sign Dunkley. Him and Dunkley in a midfield would be pretty damaging. You put you know, you could put um, Darcy Parrish back onto the wing where he's probably more preferred, have McGrath in that middle. I don't know if they'll have the cap space, but if Collingwood's paying the full the full full amount, then why wouldn't you? That's a big struggle. Haven't won a final since two thousand and four and don't know if they've got the cap space for someone whose half of his contracts can be paid <laughs> by the other club. Well, I'm just <laughs> I'm just assuming that they haven't got the cap space cap space. Well, why for else wouldn't they go for him? I, I don't know. But um Adam Trelaw, I think he's a decent player. I think he would be a decent pickup for a team if not at that contract. If Collingwood are going to play, pay a significant amount. Yeah, most definitely. All right, the next one. Now, Pez, I know that you're going to be happy talking about this because uh, Ben Brown, 
uh, famous uh, North Melbourne Coleman medalist, uh, sort of got pipped last year, was it? Last year he missed out on the Coleman by one Oh, vote. Cameron kicked uh, t- nine ten in the or last ten, one, yeah. he missed out one. The year before he famously uh, didn't make the All-Australian even though he won the Coleman medal. because um, he plays for North. Yep. He has nominated, uh, after being told that he was, was not required, uh, Melbourne as his destination club. Deal hasn't been done yet. First of all, we, we talked about a rebuild. What are North doing? Why, why would you get rid of this player? I know that they're not going for winning games, but if you're trying to build a system, surely a lead-up forward is a good little cornerstone to start with. When no one wants to go to your club and you've surely. got this guy at your club, he's from Tasmania, he loves Tasmania, you guys are going to be playing you know, half your games at Tasmania eventually. Uh, you, you've got to keep him there. He's the local blood. Of that, that Tasmania, I don't know, what do you what do you look at? I've never been to Tasmania. What do you go down there to see? Footy? Hawthorne? See Hawthorne? <laughs> I don't know. It's, a, it's nice. There's some nice greenery. There's the Cadbury. Like wineries Cad- and stuff, uh, is there? Yeah, a little bit. There's a Cad- Cadbury factory down like there. Because I can only think of it. I'd have to pack my uh, coat and stuff because it's, it's cold. very cold it's down cold there. It's cold and windy and um, wet. Which is why his hairstyle as well suits him, keeps him warm. So why wouldn't you keep <laughs> him in Tasmania? Uh, ben Brown, he, he wouldn't have wanted to leave. If North didn't say, hey... We don't want you anymore. We're cleaning, cleaning house. He wouldn't have requested a trade. He might have. <laughs> he might have when he realised everyone else was jumping out. <laughs> Their coach was jumping out. Oh, no, the coach didn't jump out. Sorry, the coach was, uh, you know, walked away because of um, some health problems. They've got no – and that's the funny thing is they've got no coach they, <laughs> and they're, they're chopping him. Like, sure, I, I just don't understand this. Um, Melbourne has been the, the team that he has nominated. Great fit for Melbourne because – Oh, Melbourne, Finally. They need a forward. They needed a key forward. It does put... Uh, Even if it's a North reject, they, they've got to get someone in there. Oh, but he... he look, I mean, I don't know if there's a... Look, as, as a terms of an AFL footballer, I don't know if there's a place for a lead-up footballer like he is, who's not very versatile in the forward line, especially we've seen, you know, the last couple of years in Cameron and Hawkins in the Coleman medalist, very versatile forwards, run up the ground, can kick around the body. For him, he is a one-trick pony. He's a lead... Mark, take an hour to amazing set shot. Take an hour to, to run up and then kick a kick a goal. He's very easy to stop, and I think that we definitely saw it the last two years that slow decline. Is all you have to do is put a body on him and stop that lead up, and, and he's very easy to stop. But he, he, I know he's tall and stuff, but he kind of needs to be the third forward. Yeah, that can just lead up into the space once the the first two main guys have you know made that space behind him. He can't he can't make his own space because if you're blocking the lead forward space, you're blocking Ben Brown if he's the number one forward at North. So that's why it was easier to stop after that Coleman medal year. Yeah, I mean, it, it does put some questions into Melbourne's forward line if he does sign there. And uh, it probably means that McDonald might be uh, either moving down back to, as a defender or he might actually be requesting a trade if he sort of didn't mind himself as a forward. Don't know if the, the last season that went on is a great sort of uh, resume. Last, <laughs> um, last, last couple for him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's... I don't know, Ben Brown... Fits at Melbourne, go go to Melbourne. Uh, he's he's going to be on teams that don't compete for for finals and premierships for the rest of his career anyway. So, uh, Melbourne, you take him and and see what happens there and move forward. You do remember I did call Ben Brown to, to Melbourne in a podcast a little while ago. I said that it would be a great pickup for for Melbourne. They should go after him. So yeah, when we're, when we're talking about for end of season for kudos to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> All right, speaking, speaking of things that uh, we heard first, Adam Saad, we heard at the start of the, I think it was day one that Essendon were kicked out of final. So what's that, 5,000-something uh, <laughs> days away. Um, basically said, right, want to be at Carlton. And we knew right from the get-go that it was going to be difficult because, as we've said, Essendon are extremely de- uh, hard to deal with and this has been no different. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Carlton will have to give up pick eight. Which they have to is he is he worth is he worth pick eight? I don't know if he is, but some people have made the point of they're getting Zach Williams as well from GWS, and they give up pick eight. They didn't have to give up anything for Zach Williams, so it's like giving up pick eight for both of them. But I don't agree with that because no, they've already got that. That's separate. That's you can't s- just go, yeah. oh, we signed him, so pretend he's a part of the deal, and then it will look no, better for us. No, that's not how it works. So, uh, and that's where the compensation is bad because they signed him first, Williams. And Saad, if they sign him at the same time, well, maybe let's say Saad's a better player, then how do you determine which pick's better? Like, that's crazy. I, I don't think he's worth pick eight. Oh, he's not worth pick eight, but is he worth a uh, pick 15? Yeah. But they don't have pick 15 because that's their first round pick. So then they, of where they are. So they move back. Like, that's, that's the way the compensation works. You can't, be, you can't be upset because the team you're dealing with 
doesn't have those assets, you have to take what you can get. Maybe they might need to put a player in there. But then the first player they asked for was ridiculous. What did they ask for? They asked for, for oh, Walsh. Harry Mackay, Walsh, Cripps, Wiedering, whoever, whoever you want. Look, Mackay, Mackay might get the deal done. I think Mackay... You Mackay know, would get the deal done. I think, he, that would I get think the deal he's done. a great fit for Melbourne. 100%. It's a shame that they're dealing with Essendon. So. <laughs> no, I'm saying like you were talking about Ben Brown going to Melbourne. Harry Mackay would be perfect oh, for Melbourne. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like I think, Sorry, Melbourne supporters, not going to happen. <laughs> I think Mackay would get that deal done, but Carlton don't want to don't want to give away anything either. Like they're saying, that's fine. We're happy to to pay for him. He wants to come to us, but what you're offering is ridiculous. We're not starting out our, our dialogue like that. But is he a, so? He's a restricted free agent. I don't even know anymore. Like Essendon picks up the phone and hangs it up again. Like they're just so hard to deal with. You don't know. So, so if he goes to the preseason draft. Does Tadoro pick him up in the preseason draft oh, before Carlton? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> wouldn't that be so good? Imagine if that happened with uh, Crouch. So Adelaide had the first pick, and uh, they're like, "Nope, we're not dealing. We matched you." And then like, St Kilda's like, "We'll just pick him up in the draft. No one signs him <laughs> straight away." <laughs> yep, you're signing with us again. A uh, five-year deal. Yep, <laughs> and we're going to stick you in the the VFL or the SNAF or whatever they call it. So, I think um, I think this is one of the situations where Carlton have overcommitted to a player. Yep. And they're going to have to give up more than they would have liked because they've uh, shown their hand uh, and they're playing their cards face up. Uh, very, uh, very Carlton-like, basically. <laughs> very Carlton-like. And we just spoke about earlier in the pod where um, GWS sort of showed their hand by already getting another forward. Essendon know that uh, Carlton need a player like Saad. He wants to go to Carlton. Team him up with Williams and, and Walsh and, you know, Cripsa in that, that forward line. They're starting to make a push for finals. They are desperate Carlton supporters. They're getting Kerno back in the forward line yep. as well. Yep. So, and, you know, as we spoke about, Mackay, you've got, you know, um, Eddie Weedering, Bits, Eddie Bits down there. Uh, you've got well, Jack Martin that they picked up in the, the preseason draft last year. They're starting to look all right. They just need a Ruckman. They could have had uh, Cruises if he's still healthy, but um, no good. No good at all. Uh, so Essendon, again, being difficult. Saad, you probably expect that deal to eventually get done. Speaking of Essendon, Dunkley. Yeah. Dunkley, uh, who last year um, was an uh, All-Australian in the, in the top 40 list. He won that Western Bulldogs best and fairest. Had an injury-riddled injury season and couldn't get his way back into that midfield. Had to be played on a wing. Had a disappointing season. He played in the ruck. Yep. <laughs> now says, hey... I want to play in the midfield. I want to be that in and under player. I want my brother along as well. Yeah, Send me to Essendon. That's the weirdest thing, isn't it? That, like that, was, Essendon. that was Essendon. <laughs> Essendon's idea. That to was just Essendon's go, idea. Hey, we'll, we'll sign the delisted uh, your brother that got delisted from Melbourne. And, uh, Can my friend come play? Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a schoolyard thing, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you can't pick me on your team unless you pick my friend the next pick. <laughs> we're, we're a pair. <laughs> <laughs> your, your brother's a dud. <laughs> so Dunkley, he's got a two-year deal. Um Western Bulldogs, I just want them to stand up for the whole AFL when they're dealing with Essendon here and just shut them down, everything. Ask for the world uh, from Essendon and Essendon obviously aren't going to get it. It's be interesting to see. <laughs> and then dealing to Carlton. Uh, so, yeah, and then dealing with Carlton and get a good pick just because it's not Essendon. <laughs> and get pick eight. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be classic. Oh. Um, but Dunkley, he would be a good fit at Essendon. Um, I can understand why he doesn't want to play at the Doggies here. But at the same time... You didn't perform last year. You can't expect to be in that midfield when you're not performing. He is coming off an injury, but he wants to play that in and under football. But you look at the Western Bulldogs midfield. When he when he stopped playing, you had Bailey Smith come into that lineup. And oh, he's Smith. not pushing Bailey Smith out. No, nah, what a player. So it'll be interesting where Dunkley ends up. I, I'd say that deal eventually gets done. Um, but if, if not, he, he'll, he'll suck it up and play one more year because he said, I want to go to Essendon or I'm happy to play for the Dogs for another year. You, you kind of look at the players where they're going, like a like a Josh Dunkley. He's going down the ladder, really. Yeah, he's going from Bulldogs to Essendon because he wants more midfield time. Whereas some players go, like a Tom Lynch, for the example, the other year. Yeah, I'm going from Gold Coast where I'm the best player to Richmond where I'm going to be one of the most important players as well. So I'm going up the ladder and yeah. still going to be one of the most important players. So, so, so Dunkley's at that point in his career. He wants to, you know, get a, get a few more contracts and uh, show what he's worth and actually play AFL footy instead of being on that, that fringe where I don't think he's on the fringe. I think it's just because of injury and he got um, – they do have a pretty strong midfield there, the Bulldogs. They they're, they're lacking in the forward line and the, and the back line. But and he's a player that's versatile that can play around the ground. He plays probably his – sorry, he played probably his best midfield uh, – sorry, his best time in the midfield. 
But as, as we said, when he got injured, other players stepped up and he's not pushing them out on what he's shown so far. He said that he wants to go there for football reasons. He wants to develop his football style and wants that midfield time. That's where he reckons he plays his best football. I, I don't mind the move when players do that, but it's interesting he's saying that, yet um, I'm only going to deal with Essendon. So if if I want to go develop my football at Essendon because I can be one of those in-and-out midfielders, there'd be other teams in Melbourne and Victoria that they could definitely do with a, a midfielder of that capability, play that same role. But if he doesn't get to Essendon and he's happy to stay one more year at the Doggies, it just doesn't make sense. Just go to North. You'll be the best player on the list because they've got no one. They've got, they've got rid of all their players' sauce. Yeah, I'm very aware. It's just we're going to have a ban <laughs> next year. You're going to have a, a tally of how many you're allowed to say for the year and you have to use them wisely. Because you've had about four digs here and we, the only player we mentioned was Ben Brown. Is that like a curfew? <laughs> Yes, we're going to have a, a north north bashing uh, tally and you're only allowed, well, how many rounds are there? 22, so I'll give you a little bit more. You're allowed 30 for the year. 30 for the year? I don't think I went to 30 this year. I think you went to 30 <laughs> in one podcast. <laughs> well, that's not my fault. That's uh, North's fault and their management and their, their mismanagement, you could say. But uh, I'd, love to, I'd love to end on a little bit of a dig at North as well because that's the, the free agency and a little bit of trade uh, rumours that we started to talk about. If we did a podcast every day, we could talk about all new rumours that come out. But we'll be back next week, probably uh, around next Thursday, we might record Source and uh, we'll talk about the end of the trade period because it's ending up and it always comes down to the wire with a few of those trades. So looking forward to that. Hopefully uh, your club gets what you want and uh, gets to improve. I'm Pez. Peace out. Yeah, hopefully uh, we get Jeremy Cameron. So hopefully we <laughs> our club does get what we want. Yeah, in the preseason draft. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, pick, eight, eh? pick 17, I'll, I'll take that. Uh, I'm still Sauce. We'll catch up next time, guys. Enjoy. Now you're-